And welcome to episode 11 of Soccer Spotlight on WQSU-FM Radio on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm one of your co-hosts, Anthony Hiller, alongside me, Ryan Campbell. Ryan, it's the last episode of the fall 2022 semester, but the World Cup is still in full flow and there's still tons of things to talk about Mm -hmm. with the world's biggest football tournament being played right now. Just really hard time for us students, especially because we're soccer fans, juggling soccer, watching the World Cup and work, but it's almost over. Then back to club football on Boxing Day, and just really hope to see what plays out in the World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it could go anyway. We're into the quarterfinal stage. It's the last of, of two days without games is today, and tomorrow we're back in the quarterfinals, uh, of course, some some pretty juicy matchups coming. Uh, England versus France, I think, probably jumps out the most yeah. uh, as you know a, a close game. Mm-hmm. I think the Netherlands and Argentina will be close as well. Yeah. I had to say though, I think all these all eight teams that are still in the tournament, I think all of them you could make a point, a good point for why they could win the World Cup or make the finals. Even Morocco. Morocco. Morocco's only conceded. Actually, I think Morocco have probably been like the best performing team at this tournament. I think Morocco has the best team by far. I don't think no one wants to play in Morocco because the one goal they conceded was an own goal to Canada. Yeah, it was that. This actually, I, th- I think, still the only own goal this tournament so far. Yeah, uh, Nayef Aguerd uh, scored it back in that, in that, and they still won, so it didn't end up mattering. They won their group, beat Spain on penalties, mm-hmm. and what a story it was for Spain. You win 7-0 in the first game, then you draw 1-1 with Germany, then you lose to Japan, and then you're out on penalties. You don't score in the shootout either. Wow. And and now Luis Enrique is without a job. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's justified. It has to be justified. I think there's, there's no excuse, because it um, was bad. I would say the one thing you could point out, but it's not really a big excuse for me, Spain doesn't have any top quality strikers, but still the performance I saw against Morocco, it just looked, it just looked like really they just passed the ball just to have possession. When I saw that, when I, I saw I Nico think that's Williams what it looked like. On, I think that's just what it looked like. I think, I I think the Tiki Taka, you know, completed. I feel like they prioritized completing a thousand passes in the game more than they did actually scoring. Which is a problem. I think you need to be more direct. Yeah. I think being too ticky taka is mm-hmm. is not good. And there's a there's a mm-hmm. limit to what you can do, and it's still mm-hmm. being effective. And mm-hmm. they cross that limit. But I look at the changes he made. He should have brought Nico William, Williams and Ansu Fadi on earlier because Ferran Torres and Danny Almo were not cutting it. Because when Nico Williams came on, it brought a new dimension to the game. Spain. I actually thought Spain had a decent chance to score. Nico Williams was taking on guys, crossing a ball, and he actually looked like Spain's most dangerous attacker. I think it was bad decision to not bring him on earlier. And the last thing is, do you think Spain took those 1,000 penalties Enrique said before the World Cup? Because by <laughs> no. those penalties, they looked horrible. Yeah, no. I, I don't think they did that. Yeah. They, they were bad. I mean... Sarabia hits the post, then Soler and Busquets both miss, and Hakimi. Mm-hmm. The the confidence in that man to Panenka in the World Cup. That's, that's 
that was that was amazing. He was born in Spain as well. So what? I mean, what a story it is for him to, to send Spain home. I just have to say though, Panika in a World Cup round of sixteen. When I saw him, when I saw him do that, I just said if he missed that, a whole country Morocco might hate him if they went out the World Cup. He might have been public. He would might have been public enemy number one there. Yeah, I mean, if if we're being honest, that's the biggest kick of a ball in the history of the Moroccan team right there. The audacity to Panenka that is something I can get behind. I I respect that. I, I respect it, but if that's me, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not Panenka in a World Cup. No, I mean, I would never. I, I don't like the Panenka. I was the penalty taker for my school team. And I I never would Panenka. I, I just... It's different when you're facing a world-class goalie that's likely going to commit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I absolutely, too, I feel like a huge risk taking mm-hmm. a Panenka. Uh, and I think I think you saw, though, that, that Unai Simon was committing early. Mm-hmm. And Ziyech and Hakimi mm-hmm. both saw that. Like, Abdelhamid Sabiri's penalty, that was a good penalty. Mm-hmm. Ziyech and Hakimi knew Simon committed, and they just went straight down the middle. But, it works. But Bono had an amazing game, though. Yeah. It, tournament, and if, if we weren't to just skip the quarterfinal, semifinal, final, is Bono the golden? Is does you think Bono is goalkeeper of the tournament? It's either between him or or Snyshek. I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm saying. I'm gonna name. hope you mean right? that's that. Chesney. Chesney. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. The Poland goalkeeper. Yeah, Poland goalkeeper. We'll just call him that. Yeah. His. I mean, pronunciations are hard, especially. Yeah. I mean, with Polish names, I think with, and Polish words in general, mm-hmm. I think with, the way that uh, Polish as a language is, mm-hmm. it's really hard. Yeah. So, if you're wondering, if you're wa- if you're listening. Mm-hmm. The correct pronunciation is Wojciech Szczesny. Yeah. But I think it's either between him or Bono. Both Bono's been very I mean, Bono's a good goalkeeper. Morocco have some star power. I mean, they've got Hakimi, who's been their best player. I, I mean, look at Amrabat as well. He's getting linked to Liverpool now. I'll have to say, if Morocco make it to the round of four or they play have a big game against Portugal where Bono makes big save, it's Bono. I, th- I think so. I, I I absolutely think you're right because Shechny is out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Morocco are still alive. You know, if, if they make it to the semifinal and even the final, then I think they could. I think they could too. I think, I honestly, I think Morocco at this point are probably my favorite to win to win the tournament because they have, I think, Maybe. been the best performing team in this this World Cup. Right now, my favorites are Brazil. It, it's That's hard to it's hard to not take Brazil. But I, I honestly, I think Brazil, Morocco final. But what I saw from Brazil during the Japan game, that was that Brazilian flair that we had been missing for such a long time in World Cups. That was yeah, they they it was South Korea, uh, for the record. Uh, they just absolutely blew them out of the water. Four 0 up in thirty five minutes. No, but that Brazilian flair, that Brazilian flair, I I don't ever remember seeing it though. Not not for a while. Yeah. I, not I for think. a while. I can't remember the last time I've seen a Brazil performance like that. Not like, since the days of uh, 
the king Ronaldinho. Yeah, just the the one two passing, the skills, everything, the fun, the dancing. This is what we love about Brazil and what we remember. This is Brazil right here, soccer heritage right here. I mean, Brazil as a whole is soccer heritage, I think. Sometimes. But the but the performance though. But yeah, absolutely. But the performance right. that we saw is soccer heritage of Brazil. It's just what everyone talks about when they say Brazil. When you think when you think Brazil, you say those performances in World Cups. Yeah, that was prime Brazil right there. That and that's what we saw. That was, you know, reminiscing the likes of Pele, Garincha, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo. It was nostalgic in a way. I don't know how any team in the world really stops Brazil right now. If if they play the same way they play against played against South Korea or Korean Republic, I think they win the World Cup Brazil. Because <coughs> they were realistically they could have put ten past ten past South Korea. They, yeah, they did. I did. I did feel like they did take the gas up. They took. They definitely the took it off bit. in the second half. They. The, I feel like the coach showed South Korea mercy and didn't want to give them more of a public embarrassment than it already was. Yeah, and so on that note, the Netherlands. Um, the Netherlands beat beat the USA. Mm-hmm. So for the Americans, and I assume that's almost everyone watching this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so the Netherlands. Beat beat the U.S. What a performance from from Denzel Dumfries. He was he was everywhere in that game, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's because Anthony Robinson committed himself too far forward, and you can't do that against uh, this Netherlands team because they're going to bomb forward. Those two wingbacks, Blint and Dumfries, are going to bomb forward. And now, my my club coach always wanted to be plus one at the back. So when teams played a two striker formation. We play in a back three. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's good reason for that, and I absolutely see why. And I think that's the where the U.S. went wrong. I think they would have been better in a back three. I could see that, but the thing is, when you've been playing a, with a back four for all three World Cup games, and they really haven't played with back, three, back threes in CONCACAF qualifiers or in the friendlies, kind of hard to switch like that and just expect all the players to fit get the system right away especially in the world cup round of 16 yeah i mean especially in the situation that they created with that with robinson getting too far forward committing himself too far forward and and des did the same thing to a lesser extent on the other side it just left so much space open for the dutch wingbacks to get forward and and they paid the price and i think that's 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 the catalyst for why the netherlands are, mm-hmm. are still in this tournament at the same time, the Netherlands really, really aren't a team that you think could really score like two or three goals rapid fire like a France or like a Brazil coming from behind like that. And I think if Pulisic puts that chance away right before the Netherlands score, I think it, it's a real different game we're talking about. And I think the U.S. could sit back really. Yeah, I mean, I think the Netherlands are always going to pop up with something. I mean, this is a team that's hard to stop. Mm-hmm. Because they come from, because this team is balanced. Like this team gets its contribution from everyone. Of course, Virgil Van Dijk is their best player, and there's no doubt about that. I mean, look at how good Cody Gakpo has been. Mm-hmm. They're, they they can get stuff. They can get get contributions from anywhere. That that's what makes them so good. 
It's it's total football. It's not the same total football that we saw from from in the Johan Cruyff uh, mm-hmm. days, but it's total football. Mm-hmm. It's it's typical. It's Dutch revolutionary mm-hmm. football, and that's that's why I think this team could entirely beat Argentina. So, do you think they go through first Argentina? I think my prediction is that Argentina went on penalties, but it could go either way. I feel like Argentina over extra time. I feel like I don't we're think see a messy I d- performance. Yeah, I do think this game does not end after ninety minutes, though. It has to be. I feel like Messi's going to come up with a big performance. I just feel like coming, and just the way he's been playing, he has been a been playing best all around. But he's come up in big moments. Okay, let's talk about England for a minute here. Do you think Jude Bellingham's already signed for Liverpool? And it's just it has needs to be announced because the way the way you see him like with Henderson and with Trent in those in the training videos, it leads me to believe that there may be something we don't know. No, I would say there might have been serious talks going on, but I don't think officially no. I don't think contract details or anything like that have been worked. I out. know I know there's talks in Liverpool or in advance talks with Dortmund. That and that's the report right now. But mm-hmm. I honestly like the way what I've been seeing from these from these guys in this tournament. I mm-hmm. think there might already be a deal, mm-hmm. and it just needs to be announced. What about England, France? Who do you think wins that game? I think France. I think France. I think we see Gareth Southgate get out coach right now. Because yeah. one thing I'll say, no offense to Southgate, but Southgate is like a Crystal Palace type manager, <laughs> or. A Norwich City. He's not. He he's not top class manager. When I, when are you I saying Rafael? Are you not Rafael? Uh, are you saying Patrick Vieira is not a good manager? I'm saying Patrick Vieira is a good manager. <laughs> I, saying, you're an Arsenal fan. Come on, you got to give know, him that. I know, but what I'm saying is that Gary Southgate is not a top coach. And I think what you mean is he's a Brexit manager. Not even a Brexit manager. What I'm, saying, <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is that. Gareth Southgate, realistically, if he was a club coach right now, he's not coaching in the top six. He's not coaching any big club in any I mean, league. I, I feel like I could see him like Tottenham. Tottenham. If Tottenham was to do that, Tottenham, it would be it would be Levy a disaster. Should be out. Levy should Levy should have his yeah. brain checked. <laughs> Levy, they should take Levy away from the club because there's no way Tottenham should get Southgate. Ryan Campbell, ladies and gentlemen. Never, never fails to disappoint. Never fails to give us some controversy. They chomp though. They chomp. I could see him managing at a top club, and if he was a club manager, that's why I say because they they chomp is going to outclass Gareth Southgate on Saturday. I'm I'm telling you, we are going to see Southgate out, even though I think. He's done good for England. Southgate has had an easy road to both of his finals. And Deschamps, we're going to see Mbappe, Dembele, Giroud. That's going to be scary for England. England is not going to be able to handle that. I will tell you right now, if England were to go through, I will publicly come on here next time. You can (laughs) remind me. And I will say England was right. And I was wrong. And I will hands up because there's no way... That England win this game because they chomp. 
Deschamps, I could see him managing Barcelona, Real Madrid, Liverpool, City, Arsenal. Uh, January 26, 2023, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's when you'll hear it. PSG. Deschamps can manage all of these big clubs easily and fit in. Southgate cannot. That's why I think there's a difference. Southgate is not a top-class manager. Deschamps is a top-class manager. I, I would have to agree with that. I feel like... I feel like maybe you're underrating him a little bit, but not that much. No, Southgate is over. I think Southgate is over in my opinion. He's so, made he's made some mistakes with his team selections. Like this France game is not a game to pick Trent Alexander Arnold, but Senegal against Senegal against the USA, especially against the USA against the USA more than anyone. Mm-hmm. Trent Alexander Arnold is England's most creative player. Yeah. Why are you not picking him in a game in a game that was pretty much a snooze fest? That was that nil nil was one of the more boring games this tournament so far. What are you doing with one of the most creative players in the world on your bench? I don't even know. But to be honest though, do you really trust Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw to play against this France team? No. That's the other reason. I, he's not going to drop Maguire and he's not going to drop Shaw. And I think France is going to have a day on that left side with England. Yeah, I mean, I almost wonder if has Mbappe been playing on Mbappe's been playing on the left. Yeah, I almost wonder if they might be better off if they move him over to the right and put Dembele on the left. Yeah, both because I think I think you don't want your better winger attacking the other team's better fullback, and no matter who mm-hmm. England puts at right back, and I expect it will be Kyle Walker. And I think that's probably the right call if he's going up against Mbappe. I almost think I, I really I think Put him against Sean McGuire, he'll give him a field day. If you put Mbappe on the right and have him attack Luke Shaw, he's gonna just run rings around him. Even Dembele, I think Dembele can have a field day even if they don't move Mbappe. Yeah. I almost feel inclined to say they might be better off picking Trent and Walker and having one of them go to left back. He's not going to do that, though. I think he sh- I know he won't, but he picked Trippier at right back during mm-hmm. at left back during Euros. I think they would probably be better off to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it'd be better. Here's my prediction. 4-2. A fiery showdown. Maguire makes a big mistake and takes a lot of heat from it when we come back. Yeah, I mean, Maguire almost made a big mistake uh, against Senegal. Mm-hmm. He got away with it because Dia couldn't take his chance. But, you know, it, it's true. He's He's got a mistake in him, and I think mm-hmm. better teams are going to are gonna realize that and they're going to punish him. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Croatia-Brazil. I think that's a 2-0 game written all over. Yeah, I mean, Brazil are the better team here. There's no question about that. But Croatia, Croatia are, aren't going to give up easily. I think this game, I think and Brazil are probably, I think, mm-hmm. going to win this game. But I think Croatia are not going to make it easy for them. They're not going to make it easy. But Brazil's going to find a way to win. Yeah, they're. I think this is a game that that probably has one or two goals in it. Mm-hmm. Like it could easily just be a mm-hmm. a fluke, a fluke goal. For Croatia that takes them through mm-hmm. if they can stifle enough because this defense is good. De- Dejan Lovren does not get enough credit. He, other, he plays well for he plays well for Croatia. I forget the other young center back's name right now, but he had a game against Lukaku 
Cavardiol? Cavardiol, yes. He had a, that was an outstanding performance. Tip my hat off to him because Lukaku, although he missed some chances, he vote, um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Cavardiol? Cavardiol. He had a great game. Just that I think every big club is looking at him now and just saying, wow, that guy could be a future great defender. Yeah, I mean, the reports are that Real Madrid have tabbed him as a... And, and reports are that the the alleged fee that, that RB Leipzig are going to ask for him is $90 million, Which would make him the most expensive defender of all time. Not $90 million, but he... He should he's his price has gone up. Oh, absolutely. And you know who is, you know who else's price has gone up? Gonzalo Ramos. What a performance oh from God. that guy. I didn't even know this guy existed. I didn't even know I ex- I didn't even expect him to start. I, like I when I heard Ronaldo was going to get dropped, I didn't expect him to be the replacement. When I heard first, I knew Ronaldo had controversy, but I thought I was going to get swept in a rug cuz I didn't think Fernando Santos had the was going to drop him. I didn't think he had the back to. When I saw Fernando Santos drop Ronaldo, I was like, "Oh my god, he dropped Ronaldo!" Like, like he actually dropped Ronaldo. Like it was a surprise. Manchester United was less a surprise, but Portugal won. This is just more like, "Whoa!" And the and the tweet Ronaldo sent out after, I was surprised Ronaldo was this well behaved. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, that's that's the the story of him these days. Um, but yeah, when I saw Ronaldo might be dropped, I saw the report that there was a chance Ronaldo doesn't start. I didn't expect Gonzalo Ramos to be the one that came in. I expected to be Andre Silva. You know what was you know what was crazy too? Do you see the pictures of all the photographers when Ronaldo was on the bench during the anthem? I think of all of them just in a line taking pictures all of just Ronaldo. That was that's, just crazy because I mean, that just shows the magnitude of the decision. Yeah, I mean now um, playing coming against Morocco, who have probably had who have of the teams that are still in, have had the most fans present, like have have had the best support uh, in terms of quantity and quality. Right now, I think it's hard to argue against that. Versus the Ronaldo fans, mm-hmm. and and you know fans make a big impact. Mm-hmm. But these the the problem is with the Portugal fans is that most of them are here to just see Ronaldo. But you know what's you know what's crazy though? Did you expect Portugal to play this good without Ronaldo? No. This performance surprised me. Oh, Th- absolutely. In my opinion, this is the second most complete performance we've seen at the World Cup behind Brazil and South Korea. Yeah, and I mean Bruno Fernandez was really good as well. Th- you think? When it's all said and done, he comes back to Manchester United and he becomes... Like, because we saw he... His best season was the season before Ronaldo joined, 2021. Mm -hmm. Do you think he returns to that form now that Ronaldo's left United? I think he realistically could. I think when Ronaldo was dropped, it took a lot of pressure off the team because when Ronaldo's playing, there's a pressure to get Ronaldo the ball, to think for Ronaldo or think like Ronaldo. I feel like the players were thinking for themselves and were making the best decisions except for looking for Ronaldo all the time and trying to get him to go or trying to make him the creative player. I think that's what took a lot of pressure off the team and made them play this good. Yeah, I mean, on, on again, on the topic of Jude Bellingham, the fact that Liverpool have gone 
to Dubai leads me to believe that there's people negotiating with him right now. Another topic, though, that that reminds me of con- prayers and condolences to Raheem Sterling's family because what yeah, happened absolutely. should not happen to no player in the World Cup. No, and he had to, he had to end up going home. No, because what just happened is dirty and nasty, and those people they need to be put in jail for what he did. A player should not have to fear his family getting robbed inside during Christmas time when they are going to a World Cup representing your nation. Yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely true. I mean it's it's really unfortunate. Uh, you know, thoughts with with them uh, and and with Raheem Sterling. You know, it, it just shouldn't be happening. It's you know, it makes me lose faith in humanity sometimes. Because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Raheem Sterling, he could come on us. We could criticize him for the way he's playing, but at the end of the day, he's a human being. And this is going to affect him even more. He's going through a hard time at Chelsea, hard time with the national team too. And to have this, this is not the way you should you should be help doing a player, no matter if he's in good form or bad form, no matter if you hate him or love him, no matter if he's put your team out of the World Cup or Champions League, or he or he is the reason you guys are winning it. This is not the way you treat no person. And I'd like to point this out. Raheem Sterling was not born in England. He has doesn't have English family. He is biologically Jamaican. I know. In I all aspects. You, I could tell you that for sure. I'm Jamaican personally. And to see him Jamaicans root for him, even though he didn't choose Jamaica, Jamaica's root for him. Yeah, and on that note, he is a he is Jamaican biologically. He was born and raised in Jamaica. The only tie he has to England is that he spent a lot of his life there. Mm-hmm. He is representing England on the international stage. He's a naturalized citizen. Mm-hmm. If he goes and wins the World Cup, he's a national hero for eternity. Come on. Why are you robbing his house? To be honest, I don't want to speak down on England, but... I kind of expect this from just the English fans more than anything else because what we saw after the Euros, it's not surprising oh, yeah. to me yeah. that that they treat their players like this, especially players that are minorities. Yeah. No, I, I do. Yeah. I mean, there's the message is there uh, in, in football. There's no room for racism. Racism should not be part of, mm-hmm. of our sport, of our society, of... Mm-hmm of our planet just you know it's not that hard to be open-minded and respectful um but you know there are some people that just don't seem to realize that and that's mm-hmm. that's what's uh, it's dragging the football culture down mm-hmm. lastly let's talk about samuel eto and what happened in his fight or it's not even a fight i should say him assaulting someone if you see have seen the video, it is assault, and I something might have been said to him. But at the end of the day, you are a big enough figure in a, in sports, in soccer, all around the world, and you are one of the best African players of all time. That you need to keep your composure and realize, no matter what happened, there are cameras around you. Whatever, whatever he's the other person said, he's gonna look as a hero, even if he did something really horrible, and you're gonna look like the villain. And and we have seen it. 
people have been criticizing him. I don't know what was said to him, but you have to realize there's cameras. The video is in 4D quality. You could see it is clear a kick from Samuel Eto. Yeah, I mean, you got to be mindful of that. You shouldn't be doing that anyway, but especially not when you're that sort of figure. I mean, you look at the start of that video, and there's people all around him, like, trying to get selfies with him. You should be aware that you are a global, you are a well-known face. He's the head of the Cameroonian FA. He is one of the greatest African players of all time, one of the greatest players of all time. You should be aware of of the consequences of doing something like that. I think it's a poor lack of judgment. I think he's really going to regret it. But the other thing I want to say, what happened has been we heard a lot of stuff from the Qatari officials. We heard, not trying to disrespect Qatar, but I've heard that Qatar does not take fights lightly or stuff like this during the World Cup. Samuel Eto'o needs to be held to the same standard because he threw the first, he threw the first blow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's... He should be held responsible. I mean, everyone... Anyone who, who does something like that should be held responsible. There shouldn't be a double standard. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reality is there's, there's going to be. And to be honest, uh, the other thing I was telling us... I was telling us someone the other day, one of the first video first came out. I said, Samuel Eto'o can't even use the excuse of alcohol now because Qatar doesn't allow alcohol... It was Sam, it was it was two people that were not under the influence and Samuel Eto he made a perfectly clear decision that he cannot use an excuse of saying, Oh, I drank a little bit too much and I probably did something I did. This was you just wanting to assault a guy no matter what he said, you can't do it. I feel bad for him because the guy might provoke him and said something really horrible about him but you have to realize let stuff slide man you are a public figure or let your security take care of it you cannot do this because it comes back to hurt you and your image and there's a saying once you get that big everything becomes magnified and things like this will become magnified for Samuel Eto'o things that he say will become magnified you're, you're more when you're that big as Samuel Eto'o people will criticize you more every little thing you do in your life and you just have to realize man let it go get off social media or just walk away there's a point that you have to do and realize you and your family is bigger than that guy and and those people yeah absolutely i mean there's no there's no place for that you've got to be mindful and aware self-aware i mean self-awareness it all it kind of all stretches back to on a more positive note talk about um what is still uh, to come, you know, when when I saw Morocco still level with Spain, I, I just, you know, Spain were grasping at chances. They couldn't find anything. And I think and that's why I think Morocco are going to be scary. Mm -hmm. Luis Enrique is sacked too, or he resigned. I think it's more of Spain pushed him out the door after this performance. Yeah, I mean, it was bad. You know, you can have as much possession of you as you want, but if you don't score the ball, you're not winning the game. But it's true. 
can't win if you don't score. That's the reality. And I, I think that's that's where they went wrong. Do you think the decision of not bringing Ramos is going to hurt him? Absolutely. I think that was a, a crucial part. And also, Luis Enrique's center has been announced. Luis De La Fuente is replacing Luis Enrique. He is a Spain under-21s boss. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's I think it's uh, appropriate to promote from within. I think he he looks like a pretty good manager. I don't know too much about him because he's not coaching at the senior level. Um, but I mean, if he he brings that Spanish philosophy with just that little bit more attack and a little bit more of that direct mindset, you bring that Spanish style and flair with a more direct mindset, and you could you could be a really dangerous team. Yeah, I can see that. Do you think Busquets should have played as much as he did this tournament? No. I I don't understand why Rodri wasn't playing a CDM position. No, I, I don't either. I mean, I think when you have when you have Pau Torres, I think because mm-hmm. I think Pau Torres should have been playing. Yeah, and I also think Rodri right now, his worst haters, you have to say, he is a, at worst he's a top three CDM in the world. And I'll be honest, I think he's number one. I think he's number one, too. And I don't understand why you're not playing the top CDM in his rightful position. Rodri, we have seen Rodri score outside the box goals a lot of times. I think this is a game where Rodri could have pulled it off and could have broke Morocco down with that. But outside the box goal, and we do not have these problems. Yeah, I mean, he also is better at controlling the midfield. I mean, he is a very effective defensive midfielder and I think the fact that they've I think it does have something to do with with Luis Enrique's roots he is a Barcelona man mm-hmm. and I think you can you take one look at the midfield and you can see that mm-hmm. who do you think makes is a, is in the semifinals what is your semifinals matchup on both sides I say Argentina Brazil and I'm gonna say France, Morocco. France, Morocco. Portugal is out. I'm going to say Morocco goes through. I think, you know, I really think that Morocco have had a better midfield this tournament. I mean, Bruno Because Bruno Fernandes didn't play midfield in, mm-hmm. in uh, the game against Switzerland. He put in the wing. Mm-hmm. This is going to be, the, I mean, this Morocco team is hard to break down. I feel like it's going to be interesting. I feel like so far, the round eight on, it's going to be proper world-class ties. All around, since we have hit the round of eight, it's World Cup-class ties that you just expect. You look and you just have have a little water in your mouth when you just hear about them and look at them. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. The eight teams that most deserve to be here are all here. That's true. The most deserving teams of... Quarterfinal places are in the quarterfinals. Giving us good. some upsets, but I think it's the teams that deserve to be here most. Yeah, I mean they may not be the eight most talented teams, mm-hmm. but they're the eight teams that most deserve to be in the quarterfinals. They're the teams that have played like quarterfinal teams, and they're. I mean, Brazil, Morocco, and I think probably Argentina as well, and Argentina and France. I think 
have been the four best teams in this tournament. Argentina, of course, they had that really bad start. But are, but specifically Brazil, Morocco, France are mm-hmm. the three most dangerous teams. I mean, Morocco have been incredibly hard to break down. This mid, their midfield has been absolutely dominant. I mean, mm-hmm. it takes a lot to to control a midfield mm-hmm. with Pedri and Gavi. And I would like to point out, I do think Gavi is vastly overrated. He is. I think it's. I wouldn't even say Spanish have. I just feel like people don't watch La Liga enough to see. That Gavi, he is good and he's a talented young player, but he should not be cannot, starting in midfield at a World Cup for Spain. Yeah, and you guys can, should not be comparing him the way you do to all these great players. Like I've heard people say, "Oh, he's better than Iniesta already," and Javi. I'm saying, no, they're no, he's not. Pet does Pedri absolutely deserves these comparisons? Gavi does not. Gavi does not. Pedri, that he is amazing. I think Pedri walks into any myth in the world. I mean, I think you look at this, you look at the Spain team, and you see like five or six players that are all more deserving of starting positions than Gavi. And you look at players that aren't even in the squad that are probably more deserving of starting. I mean, a hundred percent in my mind, Tiago should be starting in midfield for Spain. The midfield trio should be mm-hmm. Tiago, Rodri, and Petri. Mm-hmm. I think those are the three best midfielders, and I think it's hard to dispute that. I think the f- the fact Tiago's been left at home is is mm-hmm. absolutely why. I mean, it just I think it exemplifies why Spain are out of this tournament. Mm-hmm. So, do you think it's going to be a Brazil France final? Yeah. No. Yes. Oh, I, I thought you said. I, no. I I I do think so. I yeah. say. I don't know how we want to see maybe Argentina Morocco though. That would be imagine. How do you go against? How do you Netherlands? Netherlands Messi? Morocco. But yeah, but Argentina Morocco. It's Messi, and then the underdog Morocco that everyone in the world would be rooting for. Oh, I will. If that that happens, I'm rooting for Morocco. I'll be honest. Uh, to be honest, uh, it's hard for me. I love I like Messi, but I want to see him win the World Cup. But Morocco, you know, I love I African love the Nation, underdog. You know, an African nation winning the World Cup would would be awesome. Like, and especially the scenes that we've seen in Morocco, just in France too, Paris, especially just after Morocco beat Spain, and even in Spain too, those scenes were amazing. I wanted to be part of it because just the feeling around it, it's just a passion of soccer, World Cup. Yeah, I mean, you see a whole country, a whole ethnic group come together. To support their nation. Uh, support 26, 26 guys, they've, most of whom they've never met. Um, but, you know, they all come together and support their common goal, and that's win the World Cup. And ultimately, only one team can do that. But every, all 32 teams come into this tournament thinking, okay, let's go out there and make history. Right? All, all 32 sets of fans are going to go out there and, like, mm-hmm. let's make history. And I think that that's mm-hmm. there's nothing like it. The I mean the World Cup, simply put, is the biggest sporting event in the world. Mm-hmm. the The world just kind of stops for the World Cup. And with just eight games left, it's now it's like these eight teams are sitting here like, is this real? 
right? Especially the underdogs. Teams that have... Morocco have... This is Morocco's first quarterfinal. This is the entire continent of Africa's fourth quarterfinal. They've, no African team has ever made it to the semifinal. Mm-hmm. This Moroccan team has already made history. Now they have a chance to be the best. I mean, to be in World Cup progression terms, be the best African team of all time. I just want to see us, Jadakimi. This is great for both of them. They deserve it. I mean, this whole team, whole team deserves I mean, it. This whole team. I think it's it's unfair to to I not think, give credit to the rest of the team. I forgot this. I think it was Roman Saiz. I think he had a little hamstring or cramp. He could barely walk or run, and he was still pouring his howdar foot races and everything. And I was just like, this is how much it means to them, to the nation. They wanted more than Spain. I think they wanted more than every other nation. I think the second most nation that wants it is Argentina cause me- for Messi. Because we have seen that's a brotherhood right there. But Morocco wants this most. And that's what's scary. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's the teams. It's Argentina and the teams that haven't won it are the ones that really have the most desire. And the teams I want it's like, I think Brazil are going to win, but I want to see someone who's never won it win. Let me ask you this. If Messi wins a World Cup, what do you think his image is in soccer? Do you think, arguably, without doubt, you could say top five player of all time, even top three, maybe even the gold of soccer if he wins a World Cup? Uh, Well, to be honest, I already consider him the greatest player of all time. Um, but I think it would. I think winning the World Cup would cement his legacy. Older fans might agree with you saying, Pele, Pele. Pele. I, 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 you know, I don't think Pele is at that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he was. He. I mean, I have him at number two. I'll be honest. I have him at number two. But Messi is just a different, a different breed. Mm-hmm. He is built different. The one thing I will say. If Messi wins, I think he's number one. It's like between Pele and Messi for me, and it's like could go either way. But if Messi wins, the way Messi is, his height, Messi is not tall. Messi is not someone, if you're creating a sock of perfect football, you do not say, look at Messi and say, oh, that guy's perfect. You may look at someone like a Bytel or Ronaldo or Zlatan, big, strong, clinical, and fast. Messi... He has low center gravity, but he has a he has a growth defect really that makes him that small, and that's why I think it's best because he's small and he's so strong to ball for how small he is, and he's fast, and everything he has gone through. And Argentina before he won that Copa America, they used to say they don't think Messi wanted to play for Argentina or they didn't think or Messi was not all that, and I just think he could have played for Spain. He could have he could have played for Spain. And if he and if he brings the World Cup back to home to Argentina, I think he has to be because Messi has not Messi, a lot of times has not had the team behind him. He has had the players, but not the team collectively behind him. And I think this is the best collective team we have seen from from we have seen that Messi has had for Argentina. Yeah, this is the best group Messi has had. I think with with this national team. I would say yeah, there's I mean, been way more talented players. Messi has more name, has had better names on the back, but they it's just been names. It has not been a team that you think Liverpool has want to die for each other. This Argentina team has want to die for each other. And if you touch Messi, <laughs> look at DePaul. 
<laughs> oh yeah, if you get anywhere near Messi, DePaul's gonna come do do his do his things to you. And this is what I love. And I I love that meme that um, DePaul is is sort of Messi's bodyguard because mm-hmm. he he kind of is to be honest. Like he's like. And I really I really respect that type of player who's you know like. Not a huge name, but is willing to 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 give it everything. Is really protective of their team. Uh, and it's it's a type of leadership that's not often given credit mm-hmm. as as being leader as even like really being leadership, but it is. Mm-hmm. It's like you know he's he's willing, he will get in the face of other players to defend his team, and that that's something I really respect. Mm-hmm. So I hope Messi, for his legacy's sake, he won the World Cup so no one could can hold that against him. Say. Oh, Messi's never won a World Cup. He, he's only won a Copa America. Because before that, it was Messi has never won a big major international trophy. Messi has done everything except the World Cup, arguably. Yeah, I mean, he has won pretty much everything available to win. I think seven Ballon d'Ors, right? Yep, seven. Five Champions Leagues. Four. Four, four Champions Leagues. Just a loads of La Liga titles. Yeah, I think eleven it might be. It's it's a lot, no matter the number. And had the arguably you could say, maybe the greatest club trophy season ever in a calendar year. What the trophies they won under Pep or in a, I think they, I think they won every competition they were in. Yeah, I mean he's I won the treble twice. Was. Yeah, but I forgot what year it was, but they won everything under Pep. Every competition they were in, and Messi was a big part of that. Yeah, that was I believe it was oh eight oh nine, and did it again in uh, twenty fifteen. What Enrique, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I mean he he's won it all. He's done it all. I mean he's scored more goals for Barcelona than anyone has ever scored for any other club. Mm-hmm. He scored six hundred and forty four goals for Barcelona. And he has amassed Barcelona's problems too for a long time. Barcelona, I think, has had deep problems for a long time, but Messi. Is the reason why we Just haven't seen it. Made it look like there wasn't anything going on, but I mean, and when when he left, it all kind of came to the surface. Mm-hmm. On that note, we're gonna wrap things up for this episode and this semester's worth of episodes of Soccer Spotlight on WQSU FM, The Pulse, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Anthony Heller, Ryan Campbell, signing off. Wishing you a happy break, happy holidays, whatever it is you celebrate. Ish, the best of times, and happy month off of, uh, school if you're a, if you're an F, if you're an SU student, mm-hmm. or if if you're a college student anywhere, uh, but specifically SU students, we like you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's gonna do it. Thank you all for for tuning in. It's been a great mm-hmm. semester, and uh, we will see you in the next one. <laughs>